want to read you some words of wisdom, John. This is not 1945 or 1989. We may be back in the jungle, but today the jungle is wired. It is wired together more intimately than ever before by telecommunications, satellites, trade, the internet, road, rail, and air networks, financial markets, and supply chains. So while the drama of war is playing out within the borders of Ukraine, the risks and repercussions of Putin's invasion are being felt across the globe. Welcome to World War Wired, the first war in a totally interconnected world. This will be the Cossacks meet the World Wide Web. Like I said, you haven't been here before. John, I'll pay you a million dollars if you can guess which New York Times pundit wrote those words and coined the phrase World War Wire. I do not think you want to do that. It was Thomas Friedman, the one and only. Putin may have escalated his nuclear arsenal to DEFCON level YOLO 69, but Thomas Friedman has coined a new phrase that explains everything we are living through. World War Wired. Because you know how wires are like a, are a, a symbol of modern technology? Yeah, wires, you know. I mean, uh, fiber optic wires. You know how when someone needs to turn on the TV, the way they do it is that they make sure all the wires are connected and they touch the wires together to make the TV turn on? <laughs> Honey, yeah. I want to watch my shows. Where? What did we do with our wires? I need to press the on button, but I can't find the wire that connects it. No, wires are, you know, all the satellites up in space. That are connected to Earth by those massive thousand mile long wires. Wires. Into each other. Wires. Yeah, wires. Come on, Thomas Friedman. We need you, Thomas Friedman, because you're one of the few super weapons we have. Super weapons? That reminds me, he should have said something about the super information highway. He should have said the information highway is not just interconnected. It's now turbocharged and Gatorade activated. Have you had Monster Energy drink? You've never had anything. You've never had anything like turbocharged DSL from Verizon. World War Wired. Yeah. Okay, DSL, that's normal. Why do you say, welcome to World War DSL? Yeah. Welcome to World War Zip Drive. We can now store more data than ever before. Yeah. Then he could say, Zippy was a fun cartoon. I enjoyed reading Zippy. He was a homunculus who had existential thoughts. Well, anyway, welcome to Election Profit Makers. That's the podcast. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot going on in today's World War Wired world. The, uh, or should I say, welcome to Election Profit Makers. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot going on in today's world which is at war and also wired mm-hmm. or welcome to election profit makers. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot going on in today's wild, today's wired world, which is at war. Yeah. I like that welcome one to election profit makers. Well, no, oh, you're doing on, one more time. Okay. Welcome to election profit makers, right. everybody. What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm kid. Midas, the original wave rider. The, or should I say the original wire rider? Because I'm in today's interconnected world, which is at war. We've never seen anything like this. Kid Midas, that's me. Soldier of the interconnected world. And uh, I'm joined by uh, John, John, uh, Long John Silver, another soldier of the interconnected world. Hey, I am sitting here reading about the war. Which war is that, John? The the war in Ukraine, you know, we the, the yeah the last uh, episode we had, we were talking about, oh, this looks like it may be a possibility. And it yeah, within 24 hours, it happened. And it's a full on invasion. And, you know, who knows how it's going? It seems like maybe it's going better for the Ukrainians than we thought. But, you know, it's day four. So. But uh, 
Putin is at uh, heightened nuclear alert now. Which apparently is a meaningless phrase within the context of Russians' uh, stepped equivalent of the DEFCON program. Oh, okay, good. I just heard that from my man crush, Fred Kaplan, on WNYC. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. So, On the other hand, he is crazy and will have nothing to live for if this doesn't work. I do think that Putin, like Trump, would be totally fine with actually blowing up the world rather than having to live with shame. Right. A world without Russia in it does not deserve to live, I think is what he said. Something, something He said that, yeah. The guy with all the nukes said that. I guess he won't be living on Mars with Elon Musk because there won't be Russia on Mars because they'll have to make up brand new countries up there. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so DEFCON. I don't know if any people are familiar with DEFCON, but um, you know, if you watched war games back when we were kids, DEFCON 5 is, is, is considered the lowest state of readiness, which I don't know if that's where we normally are, but right now we're at DEFCON 4 which is increased intelligence watch and strengthened security measures. And we've only been at DEFCON 3 a few times. So Biden the other day said, we're not going to take the bait. We're not going to escalate this and go to DEFCON 3, which I think is good because that could make Putin even more paranoid. In this instance, sleepy Joe Biden is sleepy like a fox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's doing a good job of, of letting the uh, Europeans take the lead. And I got to say, I'm kind of surprised at how much they've taken the lead. You know, I didn't think, you know, I guess last week we were saying, okay, yeah, there's going to be some sanctions and we'll have to push the Europeans into it. And, but we're not going to do SWIFT, the banking thing. And now they're doing the banking thing. And the EU got on the phone with Zelensky and apparently he made them all cry because he's just so amazing. And now they're sending all these weapons. So, I mean, what does he even need NATO for if all of the EU is sending weapons over? That'll be the ironic thing. He comes out of them and he's like, fuck NATO. I don't need NATO. Yeah. Then Putin's like, oh, then what? Do we, okay, this is all this all worked out. This is great. Yeah, that's what Putin will do. Yeah, yeah, that's what he'll do. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing now. They say, you know, if Putin is totally humiliated, then things go really bad. Well, kind of seems like he's getting totally humiliated at the moment. I mean, those first couple of days were kind of rough. I think if you're a Russian apologist or a fan of the Russian military, John, in World War Wired, you have to understand the battle space is not just the physical air and ground that we live in. It's also the meme space. That's also a highly activated battle zone. Yeah, it is. And at least from the websites I was looking at, the Russians were getting killed in terms of animated GIFs and viral videos. I know. Killed in terms of jokes. The Ukrainians are just killing the info war right now. I don't know really what's happening on the ground, but the way the propaganda and info wars are going, it just seems like the Ukrainians are just crushing on the ground. I don't know if any of it's real or not. But uh, five most important words of the war so far, a Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Epic. People were going nuts about that. And now it turns out those guys didn't get killed, like they said, on Snake Island. They're actually alive. I told you that I thought there was a good chance that they had not died. Because the Ukrainians have been so smooth uh, in terms of propaganda and just, uh, I won't say manipulating the media, but just owning the story, I wondered if that story had gotten blown up into something that it wasn't. I'm not saying that it was made up. I'm just saying that they may have used the fog of war and not actually 
knowing for certain what happened to try to spin some mythology out of it. And I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that either. What do you think Zelensky's book advance will be for his memoir if he survives this war? Oh, my God. Because that book will definitely be about on the bestsellers, and Zelensky will definitely be on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Yeah. If he survives all this, if he isn't killed by the Russians. Yeah, I hope he's not. It's exciting times, but it's, it's also just horrible. Even if the Ukrainians are winning, nobody's winning. I have to say, personally, my experience of World War Wired so far has I've, – I've had to check myself a little. You know how disgusted you and I were because we're old hippies with the, um, the way that TV produced the wars in Iraq, the first Iraq war and then the second Iraq war. And it was just yeah. like so many graphics and martial music and so, so much cheering from the desks at CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. It just kind of grossed us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I can't believe they're turning this war into such a spectacle. It's disgusting and ghoulish. Who would cheer on things from the sideline as they watch all these Scud missiles blow up or whatever? Man, I have to say with this Ukrainian war... I can't get enough of these memes. I can't get enough of Sunflower Babushka or whoever she was. Yeah. Saying, put these sunflower seeds in your pocket because you're going to die and your shit is going to fertilize these sunflowers. Your dead Russian corpse. I was so into it. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is a war. This is horrible. I can't do I can't fall for this enthusiasm. Yeah. There's a secondary conversation going on about like, oh, okay. So if the people throwing Molotov cocktails are white Europeans with blue eyes, now we're all okay with it and we think it's really cool. But Palestinian kids throwing rocks is like verboten or whatever, you know? Right. I've been thinking about that, too. I mean, but I also think for me, I think I feel the way about Putin, the way all those neocons felt about Saddam Hussein. He's just the worst. I just really don't like Putin. And then see like Tulsi, like people associated now with, I guess, the new hard left, like just trying to trying to say that that, that Putin is like an anti-imperialist. I can't really follow what some of the hard left people are up to these days. I just tell myself they're young and they're just a little bewildered because No, they're not. They, but Tulsi Gabbard's they, they these people should know better. Tulsi Gabbard went from Yeah. What did her video that she came out the other day? She said, Putin, you've made your point. Earlier she was tweeting like, well, Putin has a point. NATO shouldn't be right on his borders yeah. provoking him. Yeah. I was like, damn, Tulsi They flipped. They could see that there's gonna be a little bit of a civil war on the right. The left seems completely into it. Right. Which is kind of crazy. Although I did I do um, think that some Bernie supporters are bummed out that Bernie was basically like, fuck Putin. This is all his fault. Fuck this guy. I think some hardcore Bernie people were like, oh, okay, Bernie, you sell out. Yeah. But that's what's interesting about politics. You know, you start to realize, you know, when you have a stress test like this in terms of ideology, it can be very revealing. Like, um, like, you remember Katrina Vandenhoevel from The Nation? She's been running The Nation for a long-ass time. And I remember yeah. during the Iraq War, she would go on public radio in New York and talk against the Iraq War. And I heard her last week talking against the Russian and the Russian stuff, you know? Like, not hmm. supporting Putin, but being like, he, you know, you do. Like, he does kind of have a point. I don't know. And she, I just felt like, man, it's been a long time. Tw- I mean, there's certain points, you know, you could see how in Kosovo, when we dropped bombs all over Kosovo, that wasn't great. That was a European country. Um, It's not the same in any way. There was a genocide occurring over there. But yeah, I don't think you can say that, oh, the United States hasn't done 
bad things before. Right. But I think there's an impulse, and I guess I'm not saying this is Katrina Vanden Heuvel, but there's definitely an impulse to assume that for any horrible thing happening in the world, when you really dig down to the bottom of the root cause, it's America and American imperialism and American capitalism. That's that's the main driver, right? Mm-hmm. If you peel away all the layers of propaganda and all the convoluted causes and effects. And I kind of don't think that's the case this time. I mean, obviously, America has, you know, I guess at one point America promised um, that they would never expand NATO and then they did wind up expanding NATO. But I think for Putin, the grievances. Yeah, I don't know if there's something different for me between Saddam Hussein and Putin. And I remember being opposed to the Iraq war when Saddam invaded Kuwait, which is which is a closer analogy to what's happening now with Putin than than uh, the second Iraq yeah. war, obviously, which was just made up bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, I was opposed to that war. No too. blood for oil. Remember that? Woo, that's tough. Yeah, no blood for oil. But we pushed them out of Kuwait and stopped, um, which was probably the right thing to do. I guess I don't know. I don't know. The Hawks would say, no, that was the wrong thing to do. We probably should have destroyed them or we wouldn't have had the second war, but we shouldn't have had the second war to begin with. Anyway, whatever. I know it all. I know all about foreign policy and all about military strategy. Yeah. So let's talk about these supply lines and why the Russians were such idiots for leaving their uh, tank brigades unsupported by anti-aircraft uh and what's up with the logistics, bro? I mean, I would have thought that this is logistics 101. Yeah. They're rolling into Ukraine and then knocking on doors being like, can we have some gas so we can invade you? I know. You're starting to realize that the, the Russian army really is a bit of a paper tiger. They have not been able to secure these airfields. Uh, their human intelligence is not great. Human. Yeah, they're human. A SIGINT must not be that much better. I mean, the SIGINT can't be that much better than the human. And the psyops, I mean, they're totally losing in the cyber and the, you know, in the meme battle space. They're losing in the psyops and the, the OSINT, which is your open source intelligence, is, is really just exposing them for doing a poor job. But is it, is it just that they have a bad army or that it was a bad plan? Or is it both? Are we just looking at it, trying to simplify it? Maybe they just really do have a bad Basically, army. John, we're in World War Wired and they don't even have their wires yet. Yeah. That's what it is. They don't have enough wires to operate in this battle space. Everyone's going into the battle space. You've got to get into the battle space. You have to engage in the battle space. You have to meet the enemy in the battle space and engage. You do. You absolutely do. That's war fighting 101. It is. That's why they're doing <laughs> This is why they're doing so poorly and why their tanks keep getting shot because the U.S., the way we do it, is when our tanks are engaged, we immediately- In the battle space. In the battle space, you have to send your soldiers out to engage the enemy from, not from the comfort of your tank. So it's sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm saying? Bullets, guns. Bullet. You've got to shoot the bullets. Bullet. Yeah, and the Russians are just staying in their tanks, and then they're just getting blown up. I don't know. This is just stuff I'm reading from people that are experts. I don't really know, but I'm going to take it all and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's definitely happening is you and I are going to go over there and fight alongside our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Yep. And we're going to engage not with bullets and guns, but with psyops. You and I are masters of the internet. Twitter, done. Discord, done. We know all these languages. TikTok. Maybe. These are the weapons of the modern battle space. And if we go over there and make TikTok videos to support uh, the Ukrainian cause and make fun of Putin, this war will be over in 48 hours. 
I say we should get over there as soon as possible. Yeah. Do a little mm, duck face selfie in front of a tank. Say, ooh, does it hurt? Go home to mommy. Yeah. World be over. David's texting me the other day, like, I'm going over there. I'm going to be over there just long enough to get a duck face photo in front of a burned out. And then come home and then sell that memoir, baby. And what was the name of your memoir? I think it was just called simply My Ukraine. Yeah, I like how that. a simple duck face photo in front of a burned out Russian tank changed the course of human history and officially ended World War Wired. I was just going to make a basketball analogy. I don't know if everyone saw this game the other night, but number one, Gonzaga was defeated by number 26, St. Mary's College. John, did you know that in a single day, the top six men's basketball seeds in the NCAA all lost? It's the first time that's ever happened. And I thought to myself, really? this bodes very well for the people in Ukraine. Because in this situation, Russia was definitely the number one seed. And then they play, tried to play an away game. Mm-mm. It was a home court advantage for these Ukrainians. They said, number one seed, we don't care. Get a F out. We're winning in the cyber meme space. But I think that'll, I mean, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Probably going to be horrible. It's a war. Like, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to suck. My prediction is that ne- that although we're kind of jazzed and high this week, by next week, we'll be really unhappy and sad about it. Something horrible will happen. Yeah, I agree with you. Here's my prediction what's going to happen. It's going to get really bad. They're going to start shelling cities um, and it become more of a terror campaign as they get frustrated and bogged down. And yeah, there's some more weapons that are going to arrive from Europe and here, but uh, Zelensky's going to kind of disappear after a while. Uh, not necessarily because he's been captured or killed, but he's just not going to be in a position where he can be prancing around the streets, you know. And uh, yeah, it will. Yeah, it'll be just like Iraq and all these other wars. It's very exciting at at the beginning, and then it sucks. And then it's just kind of like, oh yeah, some more people got killed. Oh yeah, some more people got maimed. Man, I'm kind of depressed suddenly. So we know how it's going to affect the Ukrainians. I don't know how it affects things here. Obviously, we're going to have higher gas prices and there's going to be more disruption. And maybe the Russians will start lashing out and attacking infrastructure like they did the colonial pipeline earlier this year, which had us like in danger of running out of gas here in North Carolina for a little while. That's not good. Politically, what is going to happen? Politically, maybe people will all get behind Biden, but I or... They're going to blame Biden for doing too much, not doing enough for the continued economy hurting. I I don't see how any of this is good for Biden. Because he doesn't get to fly out onto an aircraft carrier and say mission accomplished because it's not being branded as an American war. Yeah. And it can't be. He's doing he's doing everything right. But it's not sexy or exciting what he's doing. Uh Uh-uh. And he looks kind of, you know, he's sort of old and weak looking and 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 the republicans really like to push the whole he's leading from behind he's weak we got a state of the union tomorrow oh, night so i forgot about that that's going to be insane they they've gotten rid of the mask mandate in congress so no one will be wearing masks i predict more outbursts and interruptions from republicans than ever before in american history really oh of course it's going to be nonstop heckling and screaming remember how scandalized we all were when what's his name yelled out you lie at, at obama's state of the union yeah i think there will be at least five such outbursts from hardcore 
MAGA um, politicians. So didn't we have a State of the Union already? You, didn't do one the fir- you don't do the one your first year, basically. You just give your inaugural speech. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh my God, there's no way in a trillion years I'm going to watch that. That's going to be so distressing. Well, maybe he'll focus on Ukraine and all that, and it'll be interesting to see if the Republicans will stand and, and cheer for democracy. I bet they won't. We had a lot of other breaking news on the redistricting front that happened the night that the war began. In North Carolina, the trial court decided to accept Two of the three maps and the third map, which is a U.S. congressional map, they decided to make some tweaks to uh, to make it a little more fair. So the two maps they accepted are the two maps that determine districts for the North Carolina State House. The one they tweaked is the one that sends North Carolina representatives to Washington, D.C. That's right. And that map had previously looked like it was going to be a 10-4 map in favor of of the Republicans. This map will be a 7-7 map or an 8-6 map in favor of the Republicans. So it is a extremely fair map. The Republicans were not happy. The Democrats were not happy with the state Senate map and both sides, uh, along with numerous uh, voting rights organizations, appealed to the North Carolina Supreme Court and the North Carolina Supreme Court quickly came back and said, we're not taking any of these cases. These are the maps we're going with. We can't mess around with this anymore. We've got, you know, filing that begins the next morning. Right. The primary is in what? Two months. Yeah. So we have uh, a situation now where these are maybe the maps. The, the, The big issue here is that the Republicans are now taking this. The General Assembly is now going to take this to the U.S. Supreme Court, which seemed like it would be an impossible thing to ask of the U.S. Supreme Court, considering this is a state Supreme Court issue. It is a state constitutional issue. But they have appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. We don't know if the U.S. Supreme Court will take it because uh, the U S Supreme court has done some nutty things. There is a possibility they will, if they overturn it and agree, then that will completely change the calculus in North Carolina and everywhere. Yeah. It feels like overturning this would be a big catastrophic deal. So the new map that we have, assuming it's not overturned by the U S Supreme court will be in effect for one year. And then it will be uh, redrawn by whoever controls the General Assembly next year. Um, and y- they could draw just another crazy gerrymandered map again. And you would say, well, they can't do that because the North Carolina Supreme Court will just overturn it again. Well, they can because the North Carolina Supreme Court, there are a number of positions that are up in this next 2022 election. And it is right now controlled by the Democrats four to three. It could flip and then the Republicans could control it. And they might just throw precedent out the window and say, yeah, yeah, I I know what we did in the past, but now we control things and and we're going to allow them to draw an 11th to three map. So basically the Supreme Court races are the most important thing in the United States right now. The, the, North Carolina Supreme Court races. Your relationship to these maps and the way we get so excited about the maps kind of reminds me of our relationship to Ukraine, which is that you have this huge adrenaline rush when it looks like the momentum's on your side, right? 
you were really happy about these maps. But then when you look beyond the immediate and look into the into the middle distance, you can kind of see the potential horror of a grinding contest that that leaves everyone defeated with the bad guys winning. Mm-hmm. So other news in the map, uh, Jasmine Beach Ferrara is for certain to stay in the 11th district now. And although Madison Cawthorn has not uh, removed himself from the previous filing and moved himself back into the 11th, we feel certain that he will. So she'll be up against him. And we haven't actually talked about this on this podcast, but all along there has been this uh, lawsuit challenging Madison Cawthorn that uh, people may be aware of following the news that uh, just challenging the constitutionality of Madison Cawthorn being a representative. This is the insurrection thing, the post-Civil War thing? Yeah, because he was involved in the insurrection. On January 6th. So the plaintiffs in that case are going to have to, um, they their case has been temporarily dismissed because Cawthorn's uh, district will change, but they'll refile in uh, the new district with new plaintiffs. The people who filed the lawsuit are no longer potential. They're not in Madison Cawthorn's district, and so they don't have standing. That's right. So that's uh, that's what's happening. There's one more piece of North Carolina news. Oh, Big news in North Carolina this Thursday night. The season two premiere of the North Carolina-based cartoon show Dicktown, starring oh, yeah. Kid Midas and John Hodgman. The second season of Dicktown, set in Richardsville, North Carolina, premieres this Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Some good news out of North Carolina. Every Thursday night in March, there'll be new episodes of Dicktown. Every single Thursday night in March. Yes, all five Thursdays in March. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. on FXX, available on Hulu the next day. And you should DVR it, right? DVR it every time it's on. You should DVR it. You should tell your friends. And that your friends don't have to live in North Carolina to watch it. We were able to get this thing broadcast nationally. It's not limited to North Carolina residents. Yeah, it's not just FX North Carolina. You've heard of World War Wired? How about you try World War Fun? Mm-hmm. Theme song sung by Weird Al Yankovic. And you can uh, link to season one of Dicktown at bit.ly slash Dicktown. A lot of funny special guests. A lot of fun. really hope you like it. So are we going to watch it? You and me? We watched the UNC-NC State game this weekend. That was a fun experience. Let's watch more things together. Yeah. As long as I'm in town. Okay. We watch Bye Bye Birdie. Hey, that's a good segue. Patreon.com slash election profit makers if you want to download and listen to our commentary about Bye Bye Birdie. I watched it for the first time. John guided me through it. You can sync it up as, with the movie. This is the 1963 version of Bye Bye Birdie, we should emphasize. Mm-hmm. And then you can watch along. It'll be like- Kids, like, what's the matter with kids It'll today? be like you're sitting right there on the sofa with us watching Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. Nothing's the matter with kids. Today. Sorry. Micro portfolio update. John, how'd that Supreme Court nomination announcement turn out for you? Well, I made a few dollars. Made about, I don't know, I'm not looking at it right now, but it's probably like $30. What are you looking at right now? So, uh, the DEFCON. Oh, okay. Um, Katanji Brown Jackson was nominated as first black woman to the Supreme Court. Not a total surprise. And, uh, I, w- I was actually not there when the announcement was made or I would have jumped in 
further and bought even more shares to ride it up to 99 cents. Uh, but I did have some that I'd bought in the 60s. Pretty sweet payout, bro. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We want to thank everybody who continues to write in about the birthday stuff, this uh, mathematical paradox where if five different people are in the room, the odds of them having the same birthday are at 99% or whatever it is. We're no longer going to discuss that topic. It's been retired because it hurts my brain, makes me mad. But we have a little more gas in the tank when it comes to the amazing experience I had where I was filling out sticker envelopes for new Patreons, and I had two back-to-back sequential envelopes where the four-digit street number was identical on both addresses. My estimate was that this is a one in a trillion possibility, and some listeners continue to use math and computers to try to convince me that it's slightly more common than that. John, how in the world are we to make sense of these dispatches from John and Mike? Because they even sent in some more graphs and charts. I know. It's just complicated. Maybe we could just give the information to the listeners and they could try to make sense of it. One of our listeners, it was Mike. He works for a real estate tech company and he has access to the database of all American street numbers. Here's what he says. There are 152,222. Ooh, I wish we had read this number when we were doing our 22222 episode. Mm -hmm. There are 152,222 unique address numbers in the United States. Wow. There are more eight-digit addresses than seven-digit addresses. Okay. This blows my mind. That's insane. There's 2,283 eight-digit address numbers, and there's only 192 seven-digit address numbers in the whole United States? See, I got a question. So the seven-digit... I think I've had a seven digit before because uh, I've I, I lived at a place and then you have an apartment number two and they make it a dash. So you like live at 1021 Nickelwood Drive. I bet they don't count the dash as part of the seven digit. That's a cheat. I don't think so. But the way you present it is 121-301. Then you would have Drive, more than so. 192 seven digit addresses, John. Come no, on. I think mine was very no, special. I don't think so. Mine was very special. Okay. The most common address number in America is 10. Over a quarter million homes have the street number 10. All right. So we forwarded this information to our friend. Remember that guy, John, who was, we read his letter last week and he's a fellow of the American Statistical Association. Remember that guy, John? And apparently he talks just like that. We sent Mike's data set of the address of all addresses. We sent it to John. I can't believe the level at which we're operating when it comes to numbers and computers. Mm -hmm. And John, because he's a fellow of the American Statistical Association of England, tea and crumpets and calculators, (laughs) he was able to take all those addresses and make all these distribution charts, which look really funky, and even made us a couple line graphs. John, can you summarize this stuff? No, I can't. I I can't summarize it. Uh, Basically, what he was saying was... If you want to look at it, you can go to bit.ly slash EPM numbers. <laughs> That's a pretty good bit.ly. Yeah. I'm, oh, I made that. Um, and that will show you the probability of consecutive matching house numbers in graph form. If 2,000 letters are addressed, it's about a 50% chance of at least one match. If 5,000 letters are addressed, it's about a 90% chance. I refuse to believe that. Once again, I refuse to believe that. 
If 2,000 letters are addressed, it's about a 50% chance of at least one match. That is to say, two consecutive street numbers. I mean, two. I, mm-hmm. it's, the language is always confusing to me. Two consecutive matching street numbers. These probabilities are substantially higher than we'd see if it were just four-digit house numbers and they were equally distributed. Right, because the reason that we have this, the reason that we have this data from our from Mike with the actual street numbers is then you can plug in these actual street numbers because street numbers are not distributed completely evenly the way actual numbers are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Numbers are distributed so equally. It's just N plus one and then N plus two, and then it's just a nice even distribution, right? That's not the way it works with the actual. When you look at these charts of two digit and three digit address distributions, they have funky patterns, but they're definitely not equally distributed. 20s are more common than 90s, and 21 is more common than 29 among two-digit numbers. With three-digit house numbers, 100s are more common than 900s, and 110s are more common than 190s, and 111 is more common than 119. It's a pretty cool pattern. That's what he wrote. It is kind of a cool pattern, isn't it? I wonder if we could figure out how many listeners we have by their addresses. If Okay, so if 10 is the most common... Uh, address in the United States. How many of our listeners should have an address of 10 something? Well, we would just... Um, we, I say we ask them, if you have an address that is you know, 10 Gateway Court or whatever, and you live in the United States, please email, and l- email us and let us know. Contact at Election Profit Makers. You want anyone... Any listener of ours who has a 10 as their street number to email us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And then can't we just like reverse engineer that and figure out how many listeners maybe we have? We absolutely can. As a pending member of the American Statistical Association, we can definitely do that per my authority. I mean, there may be other ways to find out how many listeners we have. I think that's the best way to do it. Okay. Because we don't know how to use the software that lets us know how many listeners we have. We're just going to ask everyone has a street number 10 to write in and then we'll extrapolate. Yeah. That's great. What if we got 10,000 people writing in saying they had address 10? Then we would know we had like a million listeners. We'd be so powerful. Yeah. Forward that to the advertisers. The advertisers are like, we want to see your metrics. And we're like, like, metrics? Look how many people that listen to us have address street number 10. Do the math, Sonny. That's what we could say. Yeah. I would love to run an advertisement again. I think it's fun to do ad reads. Anyone who wants to advertise with us, reach out. The prices may surprise you. Custom ad reads from David and John. (laughs) Thank you to um, all the statisticians and graph and math people who wrote in um, to confirm my theory that the odds of what happened to me happening were, in fact, one in a trillion. I appreciate having the officially sanctioned results that I crave. It's always a pleasure. Okay. All right. Let's read this letter from Andrew. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Hello, John and David. As a listener from Ohio, I've been enjoying your extended focus on the Republican Senate primary here. It's shaping up to be a fascinating race. I'm curious, though, if you've put any thoughts into the Democratic Senate primary. The predicted market for it is pretty dormant right now, but it seems like a race you might be interested in. The favorite classic middle-of-the-road Democrat representative is Tim Ryan, the assumed winner. But progressive Morgan Harper is putting up a fight. She has repeatedly held formal debates with Josh Mandel, which is a thing I don't believe I've ever seen happen before a primary. And she seems to be hoping to prove that she can take on an extreme right candidate in the general election. She's currently trading at just three cents on predicted. Is there a chance for any wave riding here? 
things might heat up in that market as we get closer to the primary. John, after I got this letter from Andrew, I had heard of Morgan Harper because um, last week a video kind of went viral of Josh Mandel acting like a complete maniac towards her in a two-person debate. The two-person pre-primary debate was weird enough, but Josh Mandel just sitting there and saying, she's like AOC, but stupider. And then her very understandably refusing to shake his hand at the end of the debate was also very weird and disturbing. Mm -hmm. And then I got Andrew's letter and I decided to buy into Morgan Harper. I bought a hundred shares. Well, look at that. You, yeah, you moved the market. I did move the market because she's at four cents now. And I got to say, man, I get so many damn emails from Tim Ryan. I don't know who this guy is, but he's giving me extreme Cal Cunningham vibes. Maybe that's unfair and maybe that's painting him with too broad a brush. But I think I would much rather have Morgan Harper win that election than Tim Ryan. I, I think Tim Ryan's an okay guy. I don't think he he's a, he's a Cal Cunningham type. Uh, but I'm not buying it 97 cents where he is right now. I'm glad that we got this letter because now we can talk about somebody else who's running for Senate in Ohio and who's really gaining. And that's J.D. Vance, my best friend. <laughs> J.D. Vance had a little bit of a course correction when it comes to Ukraine. <laughs> Yeah, what did what J.D. Vance say? <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah, he came out a couple weeks ago and said, why should I care what's what's happening I think he said, Ukraine? I don't care. It wasn't just why should I care. I think it was, yeah. I don't care what's happening in Ukraine because Ukrainians aren't smuggling Mexican fentanyl across the border to kill my mom or what, you know, typical J.D. Yeah. Vance stuff yeah, that he says. Yeah, it was t- bad boy. And then I think he sort of switched that, realized that a bunch of Ukrainians that actually live in Somebody Ohio. on Twitter was like, it looks like J.D. Vance just got the memo that there's like 80,000 Ukrainians who live in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, J.D. Vance, you're so cool. I love that you're in fourth place. Let me just go look at that market again real quick. I know I'm not in it anymore, but I do like to see J.D. Vance. Let me see his little face on predictive market. Where are we? Um Yep. J- oh, JD, JD. Mike, wait, Mike Gibbons? Mike Gibbons is now leading Josh Mandel. Yeah, Josh Mandel took a hit from acting like such a jerk. Do you really think that's what it was? Yeah, I think and so. And Jane Timken, we never even talked about. Someone wanted us to nominate her as Bad Boy of the Week because of her insane pro-Trump ad that she put out, uh, psychoanalyzing the men she was running against for overcompensating. I think the subtext was that their penises are small. Yeah. A penis, of course, the sexual organ they use to um, urinate and reproduce. But now all of a sudden we have Mike Gibbons at 35 cents. I've never even given two thoughts about Mike Gibbons and J.D. Vance way down at 14 cents. And the ultimate insult, of course, is that the predicted photo of J.D. Vance He's clean shaven. They don't have his sexy beard. Hmm. Oh, that's psyops right there, John. That's psyops. Oh, you think predicted is? Yeah, is, they're in the uh, they're in the meme battle space, and they're anti JD, or else they'd have him with a super tough beard. Okay, that's what I say. You also have the uh, Texas primaries on Tuesday. Bunch of things happening down there in the Lone Star State. <laughs> yeah. So probably going to be some activity on predicted that night. I, I don't I don't have any idea what's happening in any of these. Greg Abbott, anti-trans maniac, going to win 99 cents. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I guess there's still a lot of depressing stuff happening, even though we did learn about Russian warship. Go fuck yourself. That's not enough to make up for all the other horrors that we live under. I'll tell you, though, this Russia-Ukraine thing, it just is insane because of it taking us back to 2016. That's what's really crazy. The Manafort stuff, Paul Manafort trying to get the Ukraine 
pr- protection thing out of the Republican platform. Partition. He's yeah. He's the one thing they wanted to change in yeah, the platform. He, and then the impeachment. This is what it was. This is what the impeachment was about. I totally forgot it. It was about him. It was about Trump not giving Ukrainians the the aid that they had already like. Congress had already approved it. Yeah. And Trump was like, you're not getting this unless you make up some bullshit about Hunter Biden. It is crazy. It definitely feels like the final act to this particular drama. And I'm not even saying that because Putin might blow up the world. It's nuts. It is nuts. And this guy, who, by the way, was the former president of the United States, was the guy doing it. Yeah, Trump. And now that everyone is on the Ukrainian side and Putin looks like a maniac, Trump is out there saying, no, I was always down with Ukraine. I warned NATO about Putin. I mean, he he said he wanted to get out of NATO. Yeah, he said other NATO member states weren't paying their dues and we should leave, right? Yeah, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> I mean- How is it all- And somehow it- this guy is, is, is still considered the front runner- to, to be the, the nominee in 2024. I, I, I just... You know, honestly, it's too much to think about. And I think it's okay to say that. It's too much to think about. It's too nuts. You can't think about it all at once. Yeah, that's true. You got to, yeah, compartmentalize it. it just, it's just too... I mean, it's just too whew. much. Yeah, it will take years and years and years to make sense of it. I mean, it's too much. Yeah. John, it's too much. And I know we're professional podcasters and people listen to us because of our unique ability among podcasters to talk about subjects that we barely understand. But in this case, it might just be too much. And it's not that we don't understand it. I think in the broadest outlines, we do understand it. It's just so crazy, John, that it's simply put too much. John, there's a concept called World War Wired. Mm-hmm. And that's why, although you might have heard of World War One and World War Two, this is not your granddad's World War because everything's connected now with wires. We call it World War Wired. But John, what if instead we called it World War Too Much? Because John is just too much. <laughs> yeah. You've heard yeah. of World War Two, John. Let me tell you about World War Too Much. I like that. I re- I really, I really do. Thank like you. That. I'm going to write a letter to the New York Times. Maybe they'll print it. I think you should. I mean, the the Ukraine, it's crazy. It all comes back to Ukraine. That was like one of the first red flags was when they were like, why is Paul Manafort? Paul Manafort was working for the Putin stooge in Ukraine. Then there was a revolution. He was, and then, yeah, he was working to partition the entire country for Russia. Then there was a revolution and his guy got pushed out. And then Putin went to work. For the Republican nominee running for president. Manafort did. For free. Right. That's right. It was for free. Yeah. What's that about? Which is always normal. Yeah, that's really normal. And always not a red right. flag. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone's like, yeah, man, I'm just, just do it for free. Hey, man, I want to replace the, I want to replace the roof on your house. Okay, uh, can I get a bid? No, it's going to be for free. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, happening. I'm not hiring you. No offense. So he went to work for free. They pushed all that stuff out of the platform at the RNC. Then he gave a bunch of spies information about what was going on uh, in return for being whole financially with the Russians. Right. Anyway, and then he ended up going to jail and then or he got pardoned by the president who had also became president mainly because the Russians had hacked the meme space and and not the election but just actual emails uh had 
yeah, had hacked actual emails. Oh my and, god, and, it's uh, really wild, man. It's too. It's too it, much. It, it is when you're saying all this stuff. It's yeah. I'm, it's just in the back of my mind. I'm hearing this little voice. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, it sounds like a conspiracy, and that it's made up. But it's not. It's no, not this made is up. The, this is yeah. That's that's this all actually happened. happened. Yeah, Don Jr. saying, "If it's what I think it is, I love it." Trump literally on the phone with Zelensky, who we all know about now. Yeah. Being like, you got to help me out here, man. You got to hook me up with some bad intel or you're not going to get the weapons that you need to defend yourself from Russia. Oh, and by the way, I love Putin and I publicly praise him all the time. And I talk to him without any record of what we're talking about. John, I'm telling you, it's too much. Yeah. Go back and watch the Helsinki press conference and you'll just be blown away. Putin is just like trolling Trump to his face. Just like, yeah, you're not going to do anything. And Trump's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to do anything. I love you. I believe your intelligence over our intelligence. Yeah, that's right. He said that. It's really funky. It's really wild. And then he said, you know what? I think Putin, he said, Putin gave me a great idea. He said that we should have a joint cyber (laughs) security team between the two countries to help stop cyber. And I think that that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I mean, what on earth? It's crazy, but it's crazy that people just said, yep, that's my guy. (laughs) I mean, there's no way he can get. I I just cannot believe that he's going to be the nominee and that he could possibly win. Of course he is. Good Lord. Okay, well. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon. Thanks for listening. And don't forget about Dicktown this Thursday, 10 p.m. on FXX, the following day on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs>